the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. This quote from the book Triggers, written by Wendy Speak, our friend and our guest today, Amber Leah, who's also a friend, is written to the angry mom. Mom anger is real, y'all. It is hidden, and it's often something that takes the calmest and even the most loving and positive mother by surprise and is one of the most shameful, embarrassing, and out-of-topic circles and discussions because moms think that they must be the only ones who get angry with their children. From our children's immaturity, our own personal struggles, our circumstances, and our child's behavior, we all have moments where our children have not seen the best in us. And most of the time, it's directed or misdirected at them, which is the very last thing any of us want for our motherhood or for our children. Today, we are chatting with Amber Leah, a native of California, married to her husband, Guy, and raising four boys just like me. Amber is an author, speaker, life and health coach, and this topic brought her book Triggers to the top selling list as it caught the attention of many, many desperate mamas finding help and encouragement with their mom anger. Welcome, Amber, to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I was really looking forward to this conversation. Let's begin, ladies, around the circle with a raise of hands. Be honest here and share with me what you struggle with. Maybe it's loneliness or lack of honesty, something that maybe is part of your story, maybe the trigger for your anger. We'll let Amber go first. Okay. So for me, uh, the triggers are many. There are at least 31 of them. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's why there's 31 chapters in, in that book. But <laughs> honestly, the, it changes from season to season. I think the triggers do. And that in and of itself can be a trigger because we think we have a handle on one thing. And then all of a sudden we find a new area that we need refining in. For me, it's definitely noise. I live in a testosterone home of four boys, and that one has been a trigger for me since I became a mom and continues to be a trigger for me because they don't get quieter as they get older, it turns out. They just get noisier. <laughs> so that's one of my big ones that I, I deal with on a regular basis. The noise rage is a real thing. It is. I can testify. Yeah, for, for me, I think it was, uh, there's a couple things that have always kind of triggered my anger internally and externally. And one of those things externally was like laziness and arguing in my children. Like when they are lazy, even when we work on it and work on it and they're lazy repetitively and I'm picking up the slack, it stirs up something in me like a justice thing. And then internally, my inability to have time alone and my children continually pressing in and needing my time so much without a sensitivity to it used to trigger my anger. Yeah, I can concur with that, September. Just that I'm not an introvert, but I do need some time or feel like maybe this is a selfish posture, but I do feel like I need a little bit of time in the day to just go inward and have some quiet. And with five kids, that happens very rarely. I'll be honest. 
I'm not the explosive angry mom, but just because somebody doesn't explode in anger doesn't mean there's not this rolling boil underneath the surface. And what that looks like is sometimes I can put guilt or shame on my kids, say the passive aggressive statement that you know, just pours guilt and shame on them. And that's still kind of a form of anger. It just isn't the explosive kind of anger. Hmm. Amber, in your book, you identify two areas that trigger anger in us as moms, external and internal triggers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I think it's extremely helpful to be able to identify, first of all, the root of our anger. And what is causing it? Because sometimes, like Jamie just said, there's kind of this rolling thing, like anger can carry over from one day to the next, and we're not even sure what's going on. And so being clear on what the triggers are is necessary in in order for us to make progress and move in the right direction and to be open to um, God refining us through that. So some of the external triggers are things like a messy house the kids, all that noise, you know, the the things around us that have more to do with our kids or our environment than ourselves. It could even be a marriage that is struggling. And then that has an impact on our kids. The other things that our triggers are more internal. So things that have to do with us, it could be exhaustion, loneliness, um, a sense of not being good enough as a mom, and all the little tapes that go in our head that can get to us and cause us to feel like we're inadequate and then could cause anger. So internal, external, usually there's a combination of both things going on when someone is struggling in this area. And it's really common, I have found, even though for a long time, I thought I was the only one dealing with these issues. I was surprised to find that it wasn't just me. And actually, that gave me some measure of of relief to know I wasn't the only one. Yeah, that negative self-talk. And and I guess I'll just follow up that question with what about hormones? And I know it's really easy to give that as just like the blanket excuse for why I'm acting the way I'm acting. And we never want to give license for sin and excuses for sin, but that is a real thing. Hormonal shifts, monthly cycles. I know we we've spent two whole episodes talking about that. Do you have any thoughts for the mom when that really what it boils down to is just hormonal struggles that need to be balanced? A hundred percent. We are mind, body and spirit. And they are they all merge together. God did not design us to be these separate compartmentalized people. All of it goes together. I mean, my most recent book is a result of the health journey I went on because my blood sugar being exhausted all the time. I had 85 pounds I needed to release that I had gained over the course of several years that was messing with my hormones and everything else. And so when I got that dialed in, that also allowed me to be more emotionally stable and have more energy and not be so tired and quick to snap at my kids. So it all goes together for sure. And so sometimes we do need to make sure there's a, not a medical issue going on that's contributing because while at the end of the day, we are responsible for our responses and our reactions, it's also good stewardship to make sure that there's everything is in alignment, <laughs> including things like our hormones. If there's anything we can do to help, then great, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And we'll link to those Amen. particular episodes if you're listening and you want some more information about getting your physical body in aligned with where your spiritual and emotional health are. You be sure to check those out. You know, Amber, the difference between controlled anger and how to react differently and better 
and how to meet the emotion before it's uncontrolled. So what can moms do before to just kind of nip this in the bud? Well, there's a lot of different strategies that we can take depending on the triggers. For me, when I started out on this parenting journey, I had always wanted to be a mom. That was all I ever wanted to do. I didn't want a career. I didn't want to continue teaching, even though I loved it. I wanted to be home with my kids. And I thought I would be an amazing mom. I didn't know that I was going to have this struggle. And then when my kids were born, I loved them. But I had a really challenging firstborn in that he didn't sleep much at all. He had colic and he had reflux and he was sick a lot. And then my husband moved us to a, a little town in the middle of nowhere. And I didn't have friends or family. And it was all the transition and the loneliness. And I found myself in a place that I felt like, man, this is not living life to the full as God designed. And I felt guilty that I didn't have contentment in my circumstances. I was trying, but I was so tired and confused and lonely. And it it began to get away from me, my anger, my emotions, all of that. And so I very transparently cried out to the Lord one day and I said, Lord, I don't want to keep going like this. This isn't what I pictured motherhood to be. And I think a lot of us get caught off guard when we find ourselves thinking we're going to be the most amazing mom or dad. And then we find ourselves snapping at our kids and feeling like we're trying to just function in the, in the aftermath of chaos and conflict all the time. And that can be very, very discouraging. So one of the things that I did just simply and practically to begin to combat my triggers before they even, you know, got out of control was I had to get back to having time, my quiet time with the Lord. I had been exceedingly good about that before I was a mom. And while I loved God and I loved the Bible, I wasn't having that consistent time, even just a few minutes where I was starting my day or even midday, having that time to just recenter and focus on what I know was true and right and good. And so that was one of my first commitments. When my husband left for work, there was a turning point one day he left for work. He shut the door. I turned around after he went, walked out with his suit and tie and his immaculate hair and his nicely prepared lunch in his hand. And I looked around and I was like still in my pajamas, like day three in my pajamas. And the house was a mess. And I had three littles, four and under, and two of them were in diapers. And I just went, oh my goodness, I need a minute to myself. And I made a commitment that day. I was like, I am going, whatever happens at nap time, when they go to have their nap, I would usually like try to take a nap or get some dishes done or read a book just for a few minutes for myself. I committed. I'm going to go back to just reading a couple verses about anger and about peace and just connect again with the Lord and take some time to breathe and pray and journal my feelings and my emotions. And even if it was just for 15 minutes, that became a habit that I did that started me on this journey away from angry parenting. And so I think that's key is that we take the time to prioritize being in God's word, to battle whatever trigger or spiritual thing that we're facing, to take the time to pray and even to journal and write out our emotions so they don't boil over from one to the next. And we can kind of clear our minds so we have a starting point to even mm -hmm. deal with some of these triggers. That's such good advice, Amber. It is, I think it's critical for all of us, whatever life stage you are. I'm, you know, way past having kids at home, but I can't start my day without taking that time with the Lord to just center myself and just get my heart right. So that's great advice for all of you moms that are listening. Take that time every day to listen to the Lord and press in. Yeah. And take a mommy time out too. Yes. That was that was my other thing. Like during the day, if you start feeling those feelings come up, I would tell my kids, I have to take a mommy time out for a minute 
So learning to stop the reaction, to just take a moment to breathe, take a mommy time out for a few minutes and get control back of your emotions before you say something mean, before you say something you regret. And then to just watch my body language. When I ever, I trained myself that when I started to feel myself tense up, started to feel my hands head towards my hips, <laughs> the scowl <laughs> begin to form on my face. I trained myself to just, okay, stop, relax your body, relax your face, take a breath for a minute, go in the other room. Hey, littles, everything's fine, but I've got to go take just a moment for myself. I'll be back in just a second. And then gather mm. myself again and say a quick prayer. Or even just to be really candid in front of your kids and say, hey, I need to pray right now. Would you pray with mommy that I yep. can, that the Holy Spirit would just envelop me right now and that I would have the right reaction. And that's just, Absolutely. That, that's just real hard honesty in front of your kids and showing them that you are in need of a savior in need of mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's help and work just as much as they are. Excuse me for interrupting for just a second, mamas, to remind you that summer is just around the corner, and with it comes looser and breezier schedules. I don't know about your kids, but in summer, my tweens and teens spend endless amounts of time at friends' homes, working at part-time jobs, or just playing basketball down the street at the neighborhood hoop. I'm not always with them in summer, but I can always be available because of the gab phone. Have you heard of the Gab phone? It's a dumb phone that looks and feels like a smartphone. My tweens and teens can call, they can text, and they can get a hold of me whenever and wherever they need to. But I can have peace of mind knowing that they don't have access to the internet, and the shady internet doesn't have access to them. In honor of summer and for a limited time, all Gab phones and Gab watches are $50 off. So now's the best time to snag one. Head on over to gabwireless.com and use coupon code mom to mom at checkout. That's G-A-B-B-Wireless.com. Coupon code mom to mom in all capital letters to get one at $50 off. Amber, as we're talking, we're kind of painting anger as this real negative thing, but anger is just an emotion. Um, an emotion that God created. So is anger always wrong? And is there always a better response? Or is it just always what we do with the anger? Yeah. So, you know, the, the difference between righteous anger and unrighteous anger, I think is super important to understand. And anger in and of itself is not necessarily wrong. We know that there are instances in scripture where we are seeing examples of even Jesus being righteously angry. It's what we do with our anger and really the where it's directed that I think is where we often go awry. So when you hear about certain travesties in the world, like you, you hear about trafficking, things like this, you get angry, right? You're just like, that's wrong. There's a sense of a lack of justice in that. And we're not angry at necessarily the people. We're angry at the, the, the person who is actually causing all of that in the first place, which is Satan, our enemy. There's this enmity. It talks about in Genesis 3 that God put enmity between us and Satan. It's this hatred. It's, and that's where our hatred is like it's, we're, we're angry that there's evil in the world, that wrongdoing occurs, that there is sin in the world. And so if we can redirect and understand that we don't need to be angry at our kids when they behave sinfully, we can be 
angry that Satan has caused this whole mess in the first place, our enemy, that's where anger should be directed toward. And then we need to redirect our anger to that source and to not place that and, and, and spew out angry words or behaviors towards our children. Instead, you know, looking at anger as an opportunity to get self-control for ourselves, to grieve really that our kids are sinning against God, that they're being impacted by the enemy, not that they're offending me, not that they're doing something to me. I'm not the victim. I don't need to take it personally. I look at the situation as how sad that we live in a world where there's sin, but there's hope for the future. Someday that will be no more. And grieve for that, that they, they've had an offense against the Lord. That's what should cause us to be upset and not uh, directing that towards our children. So be angry, but don't sin. Be angry. Don't direct your, your mm -hmm. anger toward your child or the situation. Grieve that, that it's offending God. And then step in to rectify the situation, to teach and to correct and to train and to model what it looks like to deal with that anger in a godly way. Mm -hmm. Those are really good tips for the moms listening. And I know a lot of us have the ability to kind of stop ourselves in those moments, but I think sometimes our anger escalates into what we call yelling mom syndrome. You know, a lot of us have become or were a yelling mom. And I know that desperation is real. I've had women come and talk to me about it. For those moms that are listening and their anger has manifested into this yelling mom, what is she to do? Well, there's a few different things that we can do. I personally take a Bible verse that relates to whatever the specific thing is that I know needs to be transformed. So for me, if it's yelling, if it's my tongue, if it's something that I'm saying, there's a couple verses in particular that I would meditate on. As long as it takes, I will meditate on these verses until there's transformation in me. So one of them is Proverbs 29, 11. It says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Now, all those years I prayed about being a mom and prayed for my kids before they were ever born. I never said when I grow up and I'm a mom, I want to be a fool. I can't wait to be a fool. <laughs> no, I thought I was going to be this calm, loving mom. And so I don't want to be a fool. If I'm yelling and losing control of my tongue, then that's what scripture tells me. I'm giving full vent to my spirit. And instead, I need to quietly hold it back. So then it's it's being very intentional. Like if, if we need to write that verse on the kitchen window, you know, in a dry erase marker so that it's there while we're washing the dishes and we're meditating on it, we're praying through it. I would set a little alarm on my phone. So every couple hours it would ding. And that would be the time for me to say, okay, Amber, what is that verse? A fool gives full vent to a spirit, but a, a wise man quietly holds it back. So what are you doing to do that? Take a breath, take a walk, get more exercise, make sure you go to bed on time, whatever it takes. Just knowing that there is a fitting reply for every situation. And then also looking at that and saying, well, what is it I usually say when I'm angry? Because sometimes we have a, a specific thing we say that is harmful, right? Like, when will you ever learn? I'm so frustrated with you. You know, so pick up on the things you say that you wish you hadn't and then be intentional to like, I would write that out and I would say, what could I replace this with that would actually breathe life into my children? And so the other verse that I really loved uh, during that season of change for me was Proverbs 15, 23. It says, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. 
And so I would pray and I just like, okay, God, you're going to give me the right words to say at the right time when I'm in this situation. And it's not, you know, you Buford, why do you keep messing up all the time? You know, that's not helping anybody. That's not what I need to say to my kids. So how could I say that differently? And really leaning into that and being intentional, you know, setting the alarm, writing things out, focusing on one verse at a time, being transparent, being intentional makes a huge difference. It doesn't have to be complicated. We can take one little thing at a time and moment by moment, the Holy Spirit will work in us to transform us. Mm, Those are good. Well, you know, sometimes mom anger isn't displayed in outbursts or yelling, but in that emotional manipulation, bitterness, tears, hurt, and avoiding parenting altogether, giving up on the circumstances or the child. So do you have any thoughts or words for those moms? Yes. You know, I think a lot of times when we get to that point, it's because we're overwhelmed. And one thing that I've started to remind myself even just more recently because of circumstances in my own life is overwhelm is a choice. Overwhelm is a choice. And I also am reminded about the joy of my salvation. So the joy of my salvation comes from just the fact that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. That when I didn't know better, he forgave me. That while I was his enemy, he died for me and loved me. And my life purpose is to become more like Christ and to love others, to love God and to love others with all my heart, mind, and soul. And so when we get to a place where we just want to give up, we think we just can't do it anymore. I would love for us to just consider and be open to saying, Lord, would you allow me to love my family, my kids in the same way that you love me? And to really go to a place of humility where I recall and recollect my own sinfulness, my own immaturity. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded that over and over and over again, there have been times in my life when I have been immature or rebellious and God didn't slap me upside the head at every turn, every single time I did something wrong. He was very gracious in beckoning to me. It says that it's my loving kindness that has drawn you to repentance. So I go back to the cross. I remember God's loving kindness, Jesus's loving kindness toward me while I was a sinner. And I have to go immediately to a place of humility where I say, Lord, I know that I am no better and I want to be a reflection of you. So you promise to give me wisdom and discernment. You promise to be my comforter. You promise to be my help in time of trouble. And so I am counting on you to be there for me and to change my heart and to change my mind. I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is not the end of my story. This is not the end of my child's story. This is a moment that you have allowed me to experience to be refined. We do not have to be perfect. We just need to yield to being perfected by Christ one day at a time, to be humble, to rely on what we know is true, And to choose to trust him and to take these little practical steps in the right direction and to not give up because we will reap a harvest if we do not grow weary in doing good. And there's nothing better than being the hands and feet of Jesus to our children. It's an honor and it's a privilege. And it starts with us. It starts with our own heart. It starts with our own mindset. It starts with our relationship with the Lord. Again, not being perfect, but committing today 
to yielding to the perfecting of Jesus Christ in our lives, one trigger at a time. That's such good advice, Amber. And you know, that applies to marriage too. As I'm listening to you speak, and I'm thinking about my relationship with my husband, which is for the most part good, but there are things we trigger each other, but that is wonderful advice to apply really to all relationships in life. So thank you for saying that. I'm going to go back and listen to that over and over. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. We are not defined by our worst days, mama. And mm-hmm. and that's because we serve a redemptive God who can resurrect all things, even our attitudes towards our children, our husbands and ourselves. Amen. Well, Amber, Where can listeners find you if they want some more help and get pointed in the right direction in this area of mom anger? Yes, you can find free resources and information on my website at amberlea.com. Moms can join Wendy Speak and I. We have a private Facebook group called Gentle Parenting with Amber and Wendy, and we welcome um, mamas to come in there and get encouragement. And then you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at The Real Amber Leah. And we'll be sure to link to all of those. Well, David Pollison's definition of anger has helped me. He says, an active stance you take to oppose something you assess as important and wrong. Notice here that anger is active. Springing from our desires, it's a response to act against something that we believe is important and wrong. The root of our desires, our compass for control and our purpose and vision in raising our children will help shed light on our active behaviors and our reactions. Let's be honest, mama anger is embarrassing and it's shame inducing and stress relieving all at the same time, it feels like. It's rarely talked about or confessed in small groups, but it's prevalent in almost every home. But with some humble transparency, learning new habits like Amber shared with us today, telling someone, being vulnerable and candid with what you're dealing with, praying and preparing for the circumstances ahead, and leaning into the sufficiency of Christ and his power to transform us. You and I can have victory over unrighteous mom anger. We hope that today's episode will begin a search in your heart and a desperation to talk to someone, to begin the conversation, to try new patterns and give God the circumstances of your home, your children's hearts, and even the victory. We're always honored when you share our episodes with your friends, your mama friends and family, and are especially grateful for your reviews on your podcast app. And as always, Kate September and I are so thankful for you. As Amber just shared, do not grow weary in the daily journey of motherhood. God sees you. He hears you. He knows you and loves you.